from Boston, Massachusetts, Australia, and everywhere in between. Talking local and national sports in just about anything from South Lyon, Michigan. Welcome to Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 with your hosts, Rich and... We are back. Mr. Jasper, how are you? Mr. Sloan, how are you? Uh, Doing good. Doing good. Really excited about this relaunch. How about you? Yeah, I am too. It's kind of been a struggle i guess if you want to say in the last couple of last couple of months really kind of between scheduling and everything like that and we still have the i guess we need to call the fever of still doing the show um do you find a way to make it work and i guess in the last week or so we've kind of teamed up with a couple of our former guests on the show to help kind of relaunch it kind of rework it and everything like that um provides more flexibility for me to be able to come on. Uh, but it also allows us to, to keep continuing and pushing forward on that. Yeah, that's, that's true. Your baseball schedule, you know, has been one of the reasons why we haven't been able to go consistently. So this way we'll have that option to keep the easy speak name going. Uh, I know a lot of people have been asking where it's been and will we come back? And uh, so this is definitely a, a, a way to keep everybody on board and, and then give a different perspective of our uh, new co-hosts that, that bring to the table. And um, we are excited to have them join us. That's for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. And not only that, it's just uh, kind of a, a real, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, but I think our strong suit coming forward or going forward, I'm going to say is, is going to be uh, college football in yeah. you know, the great state of Michigan, right? Oh yes. Um, so, uh, however, we we all going to have somebody who's going to be here who who likes the scarlet and gray more than the average bear. But you know what? I, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. It's definitely going to be fun. And uh, you know, the two guys that we're going to bring on screen here in a minute are no slouches when it comes to knowing their sports uh by any means whatsoever so the first guy we should bring up is uh it's going to be jp or as people would know is andre the giant um he's coming in from the uh, great city of uh, Wyandotte, and then we also have uh drew latin coming in there's a resident ohio state fan so uh he looks special <laughs> jp jp, JP this, this is a special, special request, request uh coming for you, for you. Oh, yeah, bring it back. The Giant. JC, the giant. JP, the Giant. Sip water today. <laughs> um, Welcome well, back, sir. From uh, from previous shows, uh, we normally do it, uh, tend to uh, partake in uh, alcoholic beverages, and uh, yep. I am getting close to being three months of not having any alcohol, so uh, I have the uh, athletic brewing. Zero point zero. I'll Can't drink. Because I'll drink for got, you there, Rich. I, he's I, got. I, he's got his. He's got his Bucky's thing on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I, I got you covered. So, kind of today, there's a lot to cover. Um, obviously, we have uh, the Detroit Lions have been making some serious moves. Uh, maybe it's the moves they're making is maybe 
to kind of surprise some people in the draft. Um, we got that going on in the city of Detroit. We have the Tigers uh, who opened the season up next week uh, away. I think they're on the West Coast. And then uh, the, no, Tampa. No, Andrew's like, no, Tampa. 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 Um, I'm thinking normally they go to the West Coast after the uh, after their uh, home stand they have. Uh, and then uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of excitement brewing with the NCAA tournament, getting ready to uh, wrap it up here in the next week or so. So uh, first off, let's talk about the Detroit Lions, guys. What do you guys What do you guys think? Uh, the move that they're making right now. I mean, obviously they just re-signed Nate Sutfeld. Um, do they go after a quarterback in the first two rounds? CJ Stroud. Yeah, you wish. I think so. I think a name that's popping up now a lot is uh, Hendon Hooker. Uh, I know he's coming off the knee injury, but uh, the Lions have the third highest draft capital in the draft right now, so they're could be setting up for a trade. As you've been seeing, they've been reworking some contracts with uh, Vitae and uh, Aquora there. Yeah, the, um, I, I was really hoping out – I was holding out prayers that maybe that the Lions would have maybe have signed Bobby Wagner, who uh, we all know had uh, re-signed for a one-year deal with Seattle. Yep. Uh, that's nice to see that. But, yeah, I mean, they're. I think the Lions are being creative. You can kind of – you kind of get the feeling that they're like, hey, we're in it. We're going to go after it this year. However, when you think about it, it's like, are we – I mean, we are a couple chips away, but they've done a lot to solidify that, that back end of the defense. Um, do they do they try to bolster their front line? Uh, I think I think there's a few guys in there right now, if you ask me. I think Jalen Carter is obviously one. Uh, Kirby Smart has spoke to his character and – Said that he's a great teammate, played through injuries last year, calls him a generational talent. Uh, you got Tyree Wilson, obviously, who's a big guy, tested second amongst defensive ends at the Combine. Uh, I think he can play the, he can set the edge, play the run, and get after the passer. And then uh, the one that Dave Perquette released recently, the surprising one, was uh, Pete Skaronsky, who right. I think would be a good pickup for the Lions at guard there. And then you add Graham Glasgow and you got the depth, you know what I mean? Because Vitae's injuries are well documented. Pete Skronsky was the second second team all Big Ten as a true freshman. First team last year, all-American guy. I think he, he would be a good solid pickup as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm i hoping that they – the offense, you know, I was – you know, a couple of the guys I was hoping, you know, Bobby Wagner, one of them, I was hoping Shark would have came back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he obviously went to Carolina, uh, which there's some familiarity there because uh, Deuce Daly is is there. So. Right. Um, and then Paul's asking about Carter's pro day. Yeah, he, he gained nine nine pounds or something like that from yeah. the combine to pro day. Hey, the guy had to eat, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, what do you expect? Right. When but, you're in court. I mean, I imagine he's probably stressing <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, stressing a little but bit. But when you pop in the tape, the guy's a bull. You know what I mean? He's running yeah. over offensive linemen. Yeah. So, Tom, what do you think about that? I, it's it's an interesting. Can't hear you. Oh, I'm on mute. Here we go again. Here we go. There you go. So you go. it's it's interesting to me that you look at game tape from Jalen Carter, and clearly he's 
probably the most disruptive pass rusher in college football. But then everyone really seems to focus on combines, pro days, and and not everyone's cut out for that. I think there's specific players that when the lights are on, it, it's go time. And is is Jalen Carter that type of player? Now, I think if you put him in the middle of that line uh, next to Akeem McNeil or an Isaiah Bugs that they re-signed, that's just going to open up the lanes for uh, Hutchinson. That's going to open up the lanes for James Houston, who uh, James Houston is probably the reason why they won't trade up to get uh, the kid out of Alabama. So um, what did he have, eight sacks or 12 sacks, something like that. His stats were ridiculous in, in very minimum amount of playing time. So um, so I, I think really at six you'll be able to get Carter um, – but then looking forward to them getting Sudfeld re-signed here, that quarterback room's really, really, um, really light. I think there's only two quarterbacks on the roster. So it yeah. would make sense to go after a Hendon Hooker. I know his name has heated up big time. Um, so, And then I think the Lions had really uh, fell in love with him a little bit uh, through watching his – his workouts and whatnot, and obviously what he did last year with Tennessee before the in- injury. So um, I think you that you got to take a serious look at, at a quarterback like him who's got the arm, and you you have a uh, a receiver like Jameson Wilson, Williams who can you know just go down and get the ball. So you're going to need a quarterback that can make that throw, and he might be the one guy that can do that. So um, I, I think I think it's wide open at this point who they can get. They've set themselves up really nice in free agency and filled a lot of holes. Uh, cue the... <laughs> filling holes. There we filling go. holes. Uh, so I, I, I don't think there's as big of a need as normal years would come in the draft. So it, it's wide open. I trust Brad Holmes. He's he's an unbelievable GM. So, you know... I think, yeah, I think that's the first time that I think we can actually sit back and say to ourselves, I actually trust what they're doing. You yeah. know, I, you know, you, and in years past, we haven't been able to do that as Lions fans, right? We haven't had a chance to be able to, to talk like that. And, and, and I'll answer Paul's uh, statement here. I think, I think if he were to come to Detroit, there's a, there's a culture change. And being that Dan Campbell is been in that league, Aaron Glenn's a no nonsense kind of guy. They'd get, he'd, they'd whip him up in shape pretty quick. I, so I, I, I think he would be okay to play an entire game. Or it'd be a work in progress, but it it'd be worth the number six pick, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, Drew. What do you feel? Go go defensive line. I think somebody to complement Hutchinson on that D line on the other side. But my my biggest fear is if for some reason Goff gets hurt, it's down for a while. I don't even know when the last time Nate Sudfeld played a game. <laughs> I, I think he took a couple of kneels last last year. I think. Is he? If, if for some reason Goff garbage goes time, down, garbage time. What, I mean, what are you doing at quarterback if Goff goes down? I don't. I don't, I don't trust Nate Sudfeld. I'm not saying pick up a quarterback at six, but get one at in the. Just go after quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, I think. I think you might be able to. You might be able to get a as Tom referenced, Hendon Hooker quite a bit. I mean, he's going to be, what, a 20, 29-year-old rookie? Is it Chris Winkie remake? <laughs> How about 
about Will Levis. No, he'll be gone. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, there's there's definitely in the second round. Obviously, your Stroud, your Bryce Young, those guys, those guys are going to be gone. Um, So, uh, what do you think? uh, What did you now? What is your what is your thoughts on um, on Jamin? Oh man, I'm trying to think what his name is right now off the top of my head, and I totally forgot about it. Uh, what do you think about um, uh, Montgomery signing with Detroit? I, I, I like Montgomery. Solid back. I'm going to miss Jamal Williams just because I think he had a connection with the city, and he was, I, I feel like, a leader in that room. But that doesn't yeah, but win. That doesn't win you games. But do you think? Do you, I mean, outside of what he did this last year, you know, breaking Barry Sanders' touchdown record. Um, I mean, outside of that and, you know, some of the, the press conference things, what do you think really catapulted – do you think it was uh, the uh, HBO special that catapulted his mm-hmm. his his likeness in the city? Is that – I mean – Well, when, when, when he had – well, when you watch that, that Hard Knocks episode and Dan Campbell gives a speech and, and, Jay, and or Jamal gave his speech, I definitely think that built a, a likeness with him with a lot of the fans. And I mean, he was a solid back on the field, but now Swift, I keep hating the word, use the word trust, but Swift is glass. Unfortunately, held back. Yeah. Right back with glass. So I'm hoping Montgomery can handle, I'd say the majority of the workload because if Swift, you just can't trust Swift staying healthy. Unfortunately, I like, I like the Montgomery side, though. He's a solid back. Yeah, so kind of want to get an idea of what everybody's kind of thinking about the NFC North here. Um, You're going to be favored. Yeah, I mean, so Green Bay, I mean, Aaron Rodgers already said he wants he wants to play for the Jets, right? Um, yeah, him and his list of demands. Yeah, it's it's looking that way, right? Um, who do you think, uh, who do you think, I mean, if you think about it, Chicago did a pretty good job of, uh, loading up on some talent, right? So, I mean, Chicago loaded up, but you gotta get field some help. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he's a, he, he can run, he's quick, but an NFL quarterback shouldn't be running that much. I mean, if they don't give him some help on the line, they're going to kill him. Yeah, so I, I think Chicago's, Chicago's still your job. I would say, I would say Detroit's, Detroit's biggest competition, competition this year is going to be Minnesota. Yeah, minus Adam Thielen, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, but Minnesota, Minnesota had a good year last year. year. Green Bay, if Rodgers leaves, they're going to have a they're going to have an extremely down year. I think. Yeah. Yes. Even though even though Jordan Love has been in the system for a little bit, Green I think Bay's it's going to be death. hard for him. I think it's going to be hard for him to. Uh, Really take it, take over the leadership of that. But I, you know, I could, I've, I've, I've been wrong before, right? But when I'm excited to see what the Lions, and normally, like at this point in the offseason, we're talking about, all right, we had a crappy season. Let's draft. Let's hope we have an all right season, this, that, and the other. But the Lions, like, are going to have so many expectations. They're going to be favored to win the division, win ball games, get to the playoffs. It'll be it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they handle these expectations because you've made moves. You had a great season last year. 
I mean, it'll just it's crazy to think though. Oh, God, hey, the Lions get to win the division. Yeah. When's the last time anybody said that? <laughs> yeah, no shit. You know, so, so we, we yeah, so with that, so with that, you know, I, I do have some things in the works of possibly um, setting up for a uh, maybe a draft preview show of of sorts. Uh, I got a call out to a friend of the show, uh, Dave Cat of the Detroit Free Press, about coming on. Uh, it'll probably be just a video. It probably wouldn't be uh, anything. Uh, I would just be phone call, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to hammer something down to get him on for a short amount of time to kind of get the uh, insiders uh, view on that. So next thing we need to talk about, Tom, let's talk about our tigers, man. Mm. We're getting, we're, we're getting, we're getting close to uh first pitch. Um. I think this year is going to be a make or break year for AJ Hinch in, in, in group. I think last year he, as many times as people didn't want to give him a free pass, so to speak, I think that um, he got one based on the fact that they had a lot of injuries. They had, uh, they had a pitcher step away from the team for a little while to uh, deal with some personal uh, issues. But uh, uh, why don't you and JP go ahead and talk about the Tigers? Yeah, I I just think the the expectations for the Tigers this year from a fan standpoint really aren't very high. And I do think, in my opinion, uh, A.J. Hinch gets another free pass this year because that pitching staff is going to be uh, not intact not all good. year. They're, so both, both of those young guys are, are not going to be with the team this year. So I think they're just they're playing with some young guys. I think Matt Manning actually is back, and and from what I've seen in camp, and from what I've heard coming out of Lakeland, is he's really come back uh, with vengeance, and he looks really good. So I think at that aspect, you have Matt Manning, you have uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's going to be your opening day starter. So uh, the pitching staff's going to be really young. I mean, the bottom line that that team in general is going to be really young. I think you're going to get a look at. A lot of the young talent down in the farm going to get a lot of playing time up here in the big uh, big leagues, uh, as they like to say in the booth, the big big buildings. So uh, you're going to get to see a good a good look for what the future is for the Tigers. So I mean, as a baseball fan, as a Tiger fan, that's going to be good to see a lot of young guys playing. So, uh, but as far as you know expectations, you know, fourth at best, in my opinion, that's central. What do you think about think, that, JP? I think, uh, yeah, they're a lot on par with how the team was last year. You got Manning and uh, Turnbull both working through injuries last year. Yep. You mentioned Scooble and Miser both going to be out for the year. Uh, I think Eduardo's looked really good in spring training. They've talked about him a lot at length. Uh, and then you got Lorenzen, at the, who's kind of the back of the rotation on a – decent team who probably going to have to step in here so and he played for Boyd, tampa who, right he was on tampa's yep. yeah no so. he played for the angels last oh, okay. Year. okay yeah yeah yep and then you got boyd who's probably going to have to step in who i think only pitched 13 innings for seattle last year so well we'll see how it goes i i see that in the grapefruit their batting average and uh their runs are top 10 and then all the pitching stats are at the bottom which is <laughs> Kind of didn't didn't they lead from last year? Didn't they lead uh, the Grapefruit League in home runs? 
They did, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, this we'll is see interesting. If that can translate over, though, right? You know, that's that's the the one thing you, you get that weather situation. Obviously, they're down in Florida; it, the weather's yeah. warm, uh, and they come up here, and it's almost like shock to them. And especially for power hitting teams, uh, it, it usually takes till mid mid May for them to get their legs. I think they've going. had several guys that played in the WBC. And I think that helps, you know, Bias. getting competitive baseball going before the season starts. But yeah, we'll yeah that's a good point. I think overall they're going to be a boring team to watch. I mean, like I said earlier, it's it's going to be a team where you're going to be able to really see the development. And, and yeah. you know, a lot of us fans that don't really get down to Toledo or see these, these young guys in, in the minors, they're going to be up playing big roles with this team. So, yeah. Um, you're going to get a look at what the future could be uh, in the fact Carpenter, that they're going to Kreidler. Yeah. The fact that you're going to get a, a lot of at bats in the big leagues now. So when those big boys, Mize and school will come back next year, that pitching staff should look really well and the yep. experience level will help them. But, you know, I think AJ Hinch is a really good, really good coach. You know what he did with Houston with a lot of young talent. I, I, I think he's the guy moving forward uh, to, to fix this team. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think you're looking at two to three years down the line before anything really comes to fruition. Yeah, I'm interested to see if Riley Green takes that next step to stardom this year. Yeah. Obviously, I think he's your best player, you know. Yeah. And, and what can Austin Meadows do and, you know, well, how if, long Torkelson going to be up? We, and that's the thing, you know. Where's Torkelson's head? And and Austin Meadows dealt with a lot of issues, a lot of a lot of uh, injury issues, and a lot of other issues uh, that that held him back. So I don't think that was a good, uh, you know, uh, representation of Austin Meadows. I think he's a really good, really good baseball player, and we'll see that as long as he's healthy. Torkelson definitely um, uh, is the one that. Uh, surprises me and there's a lot of hype and and every level he played at he proved himself and 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 is it a situation where he may have been overhyped coming in that uh, last year opening day roster the future the face of this uh, uh organization uh and he just couldn't meet the task so he's looked good in, in spring training but will that transfer over that that is the big question yeah I, I think i don't think the word overhype can come with anybody who's the first pick in the draft uh, you compare him to Bobby Witt Jr. for the Kansas City Royals, same age, you know what I mean? And obviously two completely different players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like to use that one. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, I think a lot of Torkelson's struggles early on were he didn't have Riley Green up with him. Green didn't start the season last year. He had a broken toe. And I think they came up together, so that comfort level, which, I mean, you're in professional ball, you shouldn't have to rely on somebody else, but when you've come up together in the same organization, basically you've come up at each level at the same time, um, right. there's that consistency. So not having that, um, you know, security blanket, we'll say. Uh, that butt body? I, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe that, that played played with them, so uh, uh, pardon the pun, but... Um, so we'll see. They're both healthy. <laughs> They're both healthy starting uh, opening day, and and I just I, I'm excited to see. You know, will they or won't they break the major league bre- uh, record? Like, what was it? Oh four, they broke the record. Oh five. Yeah. Uh, I I think that record is uh, in 
in in danger. That that's my opinion. <laughs> I think they can be. Like I said, it's not going to get much worse than it did last year. Oh I think no, they'll be on par with that. But I, we we'll see. You know what I mean? Like you said, you got your two aces out for the year, and there's really no stars on this team. I, Baez had an off year last year. Can he rebound? You know, and it, it's there's a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it'll be it'll be fun moving forward to see. Yeah, you know what AJ can do with this team, and and how much of this team will be intact come to the end of the season if they'll be traded away or whatever. But hey, I'm ready for seven dollar hot dogs, at, and $10 yeah. Beers, Park parking hey. parking at Harry's for free, walking over and just pay five yeah. bucks and end up behind the plate. So it's good good times. Yeah. So, but so since we're all three up here right now, so one of the big questions is is obviously it has already been announced that this is going to be Miggy's final. Hoorah! Um, do you think? Do you think by him just sticking around one more year, like he is, kind of doing like his, uh, if you want to call it his farewell tour, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to hurt his reputation at all as as a ball player? Do you think people are be like, all right, so you no. probably should re- you probably should have retired two years ago or three years ago when you were at the top of your game, right? Now you're kind of like I'm going to go on this all- final tour. We're all old enough here to remember how good he was and, you know what I mean, how great he's been for this organization. It, it's just like any any player in any sport, you know what I mean? They got their final hoorah and their final farewell tour. He knows it's over. But, I mean, who wouldn't want to stick around and do their final tour for $30 million a year, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know it. <laughs> I'll take, I mean, I'll take $30 million for one more year of work. Yeah. I mean, me. he's not going to be an everyday player, you know. No, no. You know, but that's the thing. It's like, I don't think it's going to hurt it. A lot of people are saying, well, it, it might diminish his, uh, you know, his reputation. Maybe he's just kind of sticking around, holding out. Uh, you know, I think personally, like kind of like what you said, JP, I mean, we've watched him grow up in the major leagues. I mean, if, if you think about it, he's probably only, how old is he? He's like 40. 39. Like 39, 40 years yeah. old. Yeah, he's only he's only four years younger than I am, you know. And I remember why. I remember when he broke in with the Marlins, right? Yeah. Uh, remember the blockbuster trade during the uh, the uh, spring talks or the winter the winter the, meetings, uh, the winter Josh meetings, Beckett right? And Dontrell Willis teams, right? Yeah, yeah. Dontrell. Oh yes. I he well Dontrell Dontrell Willis was part of the trade that brought him here. Yeah, D trade. And then uh, you know that, that guy was. A, he was a good pitcher for a while, but he's a disaster head case. But yeah, the hell, yeah, yeah, the hell delivery. delivery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pitching rotation. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, delivery. Yeah, the, leg, sure. the high leg kick. I mean, but I think um, I think it's going to be good. It's good for baseball. I mean, if you think about it, he he is probably uh, genuinely probably one of the most liked players in the league right now. It kind of ranks up there with. Uh, you know, Albert Pujols, you know, yeah. everybody liked Albert Pujols. He was just, a, uh, you know, the, he, he's still a big kid is what he is. And I think that is a reflection of the way the game is supposed to be, right? It's supposed to, it's supposed to be fun, lighthearted. Um, so I, I think he does a really good job of, of showcasing that part of the base, a game of baseball. This won't hurt his reputation. He's already in the hall of fame. He's pretty much not, wrapped up, or he's pretty yet. much already solidified. Well, he should be. I feel like he's already solidified everything he wants to solidify. Go out there, hit a couple more home runs. 
Well, they would. He, he should be able to. He should be able to hit a couple more home runs to center field. Then they move the fences in. Yeah, and, uh, they, they lower the walls too. Yeah, what it? it was like four ten or something like that. They brought it in center field. Yeah, so ten, ten foot more in. If you think about it, some of those foul balls that you are some of those you know warning track balls hit the center field. That I mean, those are yeah. going to be surefire yeah. home runs now. I mean, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Did, didn't they yeah. put his name on the wall in left center there already? Yeah. yeah. Um it'll go so. up there. Did they? It'll go up there. No, oh, it will be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Um you know, I, I, the only thing I'm kind of uh, I say one of the things where it's kind of like you wish he would have won a championship here, mm-hmm. right? We had we had the opportunities to do it just couldn't get it done, right? We had two this chances team, to do it. This team's hot garbage, man. We'll remember him from the early 2000s teams that made the playoff runs and the World Series runs. Yeah. And you think about it, in 06, when they made the run in 06 and they lost, got swept out by the Cardinals, uh, he wasn't yeah. even on the team, you know. So, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that. Hopefully, I know you've talked about it. I think we talked collectively as a group about getting down there to catch one of his one of his games, final games, stuff like that. So I'm we'll uh, definitely have to do that. So yeah. now, now, now onto the big stuff here. What an absolute madness of March it has been. Yes. <laughs> what an absolute madness of March it has been. Wow. I think this is the first time ever in history that there has not been a number one seed in the Elite Eight. And this is also so far, or no, it's already it's already confirmed. The first time or the there's only four times ever since they started doing the seedings back in 1979 great year that's the year i was born when they started doing the seedings this Damn is the fourth time there, there's a, <laughs> this is the fourth time ever that there has not been a number one seat in the final four so what gives this year parody I, I think it's just the parody of college basketball we'll probably all speak to that but i mean you look at the tournament left and who's really a big superstar or a big-time NBA prospect? Nobody. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there is, but they're not like household names. You like look at a team like Florida Atlantic, who rotates about nine guys, and I think their highest score is 13 points a game, and they're a little bit more of an experienced team. I think those are the teams now that are making a run into the tournament. These one-and-done teams just don't seem to work anymore. You don't got Kentucky. You don't got Duke, you know what I mean? You don't have Kansas is out. So I think it's these experienced teams now that are putting the runs together. And you look at, you, you look at too, the teams that are left. I mean, these guys are seniors. They're juniors. They've been together for a while. So they, they develop that camaraderie. They develop that, that sense of team, whereas these one-and-done schools, you know, they're only there just because they have to. I'm only here because I'm. I'll get so I don't get fined. You know what I'm saying? Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. So yeah. they're there because the NBA says they have to be 19 and they have to be out of high school for a year uh, before they enter the draft. So there's no sense of of team effort. And and like you said, JP, these guys at FAU they rotate. So there's they're healthy and they're they're they're. Um, they're not gassed come the, the the championship 
last five yeah. minutes of a game. So they're they're ready to go. And then on top of that, they're getting the experience. And then there's fouls to give. So um, you have fresh legs, it, which I think that really has been their mantra. They get they can run, and they got that big big rushing golden in the middle. So um, these teams are and and they're well coached. These guys that come out of nowhere and and like uh, Fairly uh, Dickinson's coach, who's no longer at Fairly Dickinson, he's now at Iona. But FAU's coach, I I don't believe he'll be at FAU come next year. He's going to get a big time job, and um, but there's just such good young coaching and and you you, you got to know how to coach these certain types of players that you have. So I mean, there, it goes to show in in the, the the teams remaining fit that mold. Yeah, let's go around the table here. So, uh, JP, what do you think is the biggest surprise so far that you've seen when it comes to the tournament? I'll say FAU. Obviously, we touched on them, but UConn as well, man. They're uh, they're lighting it on fire. I think right now they're my favorite to win it. Just the way that they move the ball, you know what I mean? There's plenty of guys getting involved. Uh, they're obviously locking teams down on defense. You see what they did to Gonzaga last night. And uh, I got to say, like I said, FAU, but I think UConn came out of nowhere, man, and they look like a storm right now. Yeah, it's like they shot out of a cannon last night. It was crazy. Drew, what do you think? What do you think the biggest surprises so far? Um, Just – we touched on the parity, but just how it just seems like these smaller schools – and I'm not going to lie, before the Purdue-Fairline Dickinson game, I had no idea who the hell they even were. I didn't even know where they were located. <laughs> I, like the, but, I like the comparison of, of the two stadiums that they yeah, had. Yeah. yeah. Like, one looked like a like a middle school gymnasium, and then it was then like Purdue. Purdue. Stadium. No, no, but it just seems like these smaller schools, and Grant, I mean, there's still blowouts in the tournament. Not every small school is going to be the big team, but it just seems like they're, just, they're not scared to play these bigger yeah. schools anymore. And it seems like these smaller schools are starting to catch up a little bit. And, and um, and you guys, the one in Dunn's, you and Calipari is a hell of a coach. But I use Kentucky as an example. You go to Kentucky, and it's 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 it's, it's a revolving door. Players come in, they leave. They come in. They, you can't build a program like that. You know? No, I agree. I agree. I mean, there was a player at Ohio State, Bryce Sensible. He was their their star freshman. Decided this week he's going to the draft with the option to return. So he's not hiring an agent then. Yeah. But I've always said basketball should be two years. I mean, it's a different kind of game going from playing against kids to men. But I'll just say just how close a lot of these smaller schools are getting. FAU, great team, but like JP, I like UConn right now. They played like they did last night. Yeah, they'll, they'll win it all. No one's beating them. Or maybe Miami. Yeah. Miami looks all right, too. But I'm, I'm going with UConn. I think this UConn team is better than when they had Kemba Walker. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that team was loaded, too. But this UConn team looks special. All right. So, we already got two of the four already selected, right? We got FAU. Already slated for the uh, for the final four, and then we have. Uh, let me pull my bracket up here. UConn, yeah, UConn. So we got that, and then today we got uh, 
Miami playing against Texas. Uh, Texas. And then we have – I'm scrolling right now. <laughs> uh, come on, JP, help me out here. We got Creighton playing against – Creighton. Yeah, Creighton against San Diego State. Yeah. I, you know, in San Diego State, I mean, I mean, shit. They've uh, they've done pretty well. Creighton. It seems like every seems like every March Creighton gets in there. They don't look sexy all year long. They get in there and they always make runs for it, right? San Diego State, who their coach has ties back to uh, the Fab Five days. He was responsible for recruiting some of those kids to the Fab Five, so he has Michigan ties. Is that Steve Fisher. Uh, <laughs> well, no, no. No, um, the guy. No, it was he was part of that. He was money. part of that staff. Um, yeah, do you know? Do you guys notice all these teams that are left? They have. It seems like outside of Florida Atlantic have six or more losses as well. Yeah, I think Creighton's I mean, some, a twelve, thirteen loss team. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like it, I said, that I mean, Creighton seems like every year that they don't look real sexy going into the tournament, and then it's like, damn, here they are, lead eight. Well, you know, that's or, the home of Kyle Corver, right? I believe so. Yeah. Well, you look great. at you look at the the tournament. It's all about matchups, and right. you get these you get these small schools that really you don't have a lot of. I know we talked about this yesterday, Rich. Yeah. You don't. There's not a lot of game tape on these these kids, so um, yeah. they come in, and you know these bigger schools. They say, hey, you know, we are you know who we are. We should be able to uh, you know walk right past them, and that's just not the case. Um, but to hit back on uh, what we just talked about, about surprises, um, the one thing I'm really surprised is the physicality that the officiating is allowing in this tournament. Um, if you saw uh, the game last night, the FAU game last night, late in that second half where Golden kind of rolled right past, right, ran him over, uh, dunked <laughs> it, and then landed like on top of him, and then you know, puts his arms up like, oh, nope, nope, I didn't mean to do that, but... Um, even going back to the Tennessee teams, you know, Tennessee beat the absolute living shit out of Duke. I mean, literally beat the shit out of Duke. Um, and the refs really let him play. And 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 I, I think that really has a lot to do with where we're at as far as this tournament goes. You get these teams that the the how bright are these lights? Are they too bright for them? Well, when they're not getting ticky tack fouls called against them, they're able to go on these runs and 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 close out these games. So that's been a really um, surprising thing for me. But um, San Diego State, going back to them, they, they play really well defense. Creighton can shoot the lights out. That game's going to be really, really strong. And and how real is Texas? You know, they've looked really good in this tournament. They looked really good in the last round. Doing it with an interim coach. Yeah, it's, and, and yeah. it seems like they really have his back, which they're playing for him. So, um you're waiting for the ball to drop with Texas, and it, and it just hasn't yet. So, um, I I think they're going to move on forward. I and 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 I like San Diego State too. So that that's going to that set the Texas final four. Coming out of the Big Twelve, they're obviously pretty battle tested, right? And I think stylistically, they can handle just about anyway anybody. The way that well, you know, I mean, look, look at can't look look what Kansas State did. Yeah, I mean Kansas State can't. I mean they. I mean they bodied and handled just everybody they played. Except yeah. for yesterday, but even yesterday was still a damn good game. I still can't yeah, figure out games. why he. I, I can't. I mean, Tom and I and JP, we we sat together last night. Can't believe why, why you know he 
dish the ball off, and then he couldn't get that last shot, you know, last shot in. But look at coming into the tourney, you could have said Kansas, defending champions, could have been favored. Texas beat them twice at the end of the regular season. And then you add in Kansas State, and then you got Baylor with the backcourt. I mean, that was a tough conference to play in. So Mm -hmm. I want to give a shout out to that Kansas State player, five foot eight, Marquise Noel. Yeah. Best pass that I've ever seen. Spartan fans will never forget that name. No, he torched MSU that entire game. (laughs) Hey, hey, good good segue. Speaking of Spartans, man, Tom Izzo under fire for some post game comments against Kansas State. Pretty much saying they got a couple lucky bounces. Pretty much is what they is what he said. But those those couple of lucky bounces bounce your team out of the out of the tournament. Yeah. Well, I, well, I think that I think that people are kind of overblowing the whole situation. I went back and watched the uh, the press conference, and I mean, he kind of deflected a little bit. But I mean, he he also made light that you know it's not on the players; it was on him. I mean, you let Noel slash to the hoop. He had 19 assists. So that yeah. just goes to show you that at some point in the game, there was never any adjustments made. You know Dude, what I mean? They were. I mean, Kansas State was absolutely killing them on the on the pick and on the pick and rolls. Yeah. Like I see, like every play you'd see, they, they'd be guys, big bodies standing there, and they they wouldn't they wouldn't switch. They wouldn't do anything. Yeah. There was a week. There was a chink in the armor that they exploited with Michigan State. I mean, well, they're, they're not. They're not big. What's that? They're not big. They don't have the size yeah. to, to match up. Uh, Sudoku or whatever his name is, he's their big guy. But Sudoku. yeah, if he's if he's in foul trouble, then you know they're they're in trouble. Yeah, they don't. Well, Tom also he left three scholarships, you know, on the table this year. He's he he's kind of he's a great coach still, but he's still old and stubborn. He sometimes you got to go to the portal and. So right. Those needs just for depth-wise. Well, and, and from what I heard, you know, from what they were saying earlier uh, in the tournament, that the players went to him. I don't know how much of this is true. They went to him and specifically said, we got you, coach. We don't want to bring in kids from the portal. So, I mean, I don't know why anybody would want that. Is it is it a team mentality? Is it, you know, these guys that have been together, playing together, now you're going to bring an outsider in. But what's the difference between that or recruiting a young kid? But um, but going back to Izzo. basketball works. Yeah, it is. And going back to Izzo, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this this specific topic is sports fans have a tendency to um, gripe about the, the, the quote-unquote coach speak, we'll say. Um, you want to hear... Uh, the quote from the coach, player, that what do you really feel? Tell me what's really on your mind. And I think a lot of these coaches and players uh, are always worried about, you know, how it might come off, how it might sound. And so, therefore, they don't really say anything. They just they stay safe and be careful. Um, so Izzo, who – let me start off by saying I'm not a Michigan State fan. Um, so we'll go from there. Izzo spoke his mind. He was emotional. Obviously, he was emotional when they got to the uh, Sweet 16 because I don't think anybody thought they were going to get to where they were. So having the team that he had that he really liked and he really, really loved, they go down in overtime, heartbreaking loss. His emotions are running high. He says what he wants to say. He says what's on his mind. He's transparent. 
and he gets chastised for it. And I think that's complete bullshit because all the people that want to say, oh, well, that's that's just a cheap answer. You you know that's coach speak. You know blah, blah, that that's nonsense. The guy comes out and, and he's honest. Like the guy's on one leg, he's falling over, and he throws up a shot at, at the at the expiration of the shot clock, and it goes in. That's lucky. It, it let's call it what it is. It, it was lucky, and he gets another lucky shot. Six points that they were gifted. It's a, an emotional moment for him to be interviewed right. I mean, it was right after the game was over. So he's going to say really what's on his mind, and I commend him for it. I mean, like I said, I'm not a Michigan State fan, so I, I'm not going to give kudos to that, but I will give kudos to the fact that he wasn't afraid to say what he needed to say, and I think more, more coaches, more players need to be genuine in, as far as that goes. I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> wow. Wow. Say it one more time. You're not a Spartan fan. Not a Spartan fan. No, not a, I was I was when I was a, a little boy, but I got smart, you know, as I got older. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. little boy things. Yeah, to, to kind of go, uh, you know, to kind of I mean, normally as fans, you know, uh we normally hear the 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 cliche uh or the uh normal post game thing. Well, they played hard. We played hard and everything like that. And uh, I'm the only reason why Tom Izzo is allowed to speak his mind the way he does and be transparent like that. It's because it's Tom Izzo. Right? right. Would he get chastised? So if that was say coach K coach K said something like that, do you think coach K would get chastised for it? Absolutely. No, absolutely not. And the reason why is coach K has a lot more accomplishments behind his name in his program than Tom Izzo does. Behind it all, it's Tom, I'm just going to say it, man. He's kind. Of, he's a good coach, but he's kind of overrated, overblown. Thank in my you. Opinion. Just say he has that. one national championship in that's 2000. A, that's exactly what I was going to tell. I, was you know what I, mean? I, I, don't I don't disagree with you. With I don't. I think the media is starting to put a little heat on him, and you know what I mean? Well, what's, what's the, the most, most famous saying this time of year? Was it January, February, February Izzo? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, he, MSU, MSU and Izzo, they're the Gonzaga of the Big Ten. Yeah. Gonzaga, I, I, I'm sick yeah. and tired of hearing, oh, MSU. MSU come March. You won a national title 23 years ago. Yeah. I mean, he made it out done a lot weekend twice in seven years. But, you know, but here's the, that's the thing that Tom and I were talking about last night. And I was like, he wouldn't get so much shit. And he won't retire. He, he, in order to solidify himself as one of the greatest coaches, he's got to win another title. He has yeah, to. He needs more. one more. He, is he a good coach? Yeah, he's a good coach. Is he a great coach? No. No. And this is, nope. a, and this is coming from an, this is coming from a Michigan fan, Michigan fan, Michigan fan, and Ohio State fan. Hey, they like to grill us for Bo Schembechler. We'll grill them for Tom Izzo. <laughs> well, they, they grill us on Hardball, too. Yeah. Hey, I get, hey, I get grilled, grilled for, um, still, still reliving the glory days of Urban Meyer, but, you know. Yeah, you guys can't let it go. And, 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 and Jim, and Jim Tattoo Trestle. All right, so since we're still talking about basketball, it's come out that uh, Jet Howard is declaring for the draft. What the hell yeah. does that say about dad's program? I don't think it's much surprise here. Uh uh, he was—he's a good player. Uh, he he can shoot. He needs to improve his defense. 
I think he was already a projected lottery pick before he showed up to Michigan. And as for the program, I mean, when you lose one and dones like Juwan has, Musa Diabate, Caleb Houston, Jed Howard, you know what I mean? These are all guys that could be on the same team. And he's kind of in the category of the one and done coach who yep. I don't know if they, they're ever going to be built to make it past the Sweet 16. You know, and that's it's a shame because, I, you know, it, 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 we talked that, you know, Tom and I talked about this and, you know, last night, talked about a lot last night, but we talked about, you know, what does this, what does this mean? It's like John Howard, the only successful season he had was all the guys that were left over from the beeline era. Right. Right. Um, you know, are people, is he recruiting people on the basis of, Hey, I'll get your kid in the pros. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously those are conversations that you and I, the casual fan don't hear, but I mean, when you got, especially your own son, your own son comes to, comes to the program, plays one year, hurt, came back. Does he still have some work to do on his game? Yeah. Yeah. Is he a lottery pick? Really, it depends on what the needs are for whoever's, you know, whoever's in, in that draft position, right? You look at Coach Beeline's teams, you go down the line, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr., Glenn Robinson Jr., Dowskis, uh, Karis LeVert, all these guys who made it to the NBA, Duncan Robinson, who yep. made it to the NBA and stayed in the NBA, they weren't highly recruited guys. These were guys that stuck around in school for a few years, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, and really learn the game of basketball. Yeah, you know, it was coach the game of basketball. Yeah, so, so. definitely, so definitely, that is uh, some uh, uh, some concern going forward with the, with the state of that program. Um, hopefully, they hopefully they turn it around next year. I mean, getting getting bounced out of the Big Ten tournament early, getting bounced out of the NIT. You know. It, um, well, you know, the thing just, is now is you're running into a situation where you already lost Howard. You're probably going to lose Kobe Bufkin. Yep. You only have one commit for the next recruiting class, and you're probably going to have to load up in the portals. So, I mean, it's just constant turnover, headache. Now, is that is that a coaching – is that players not wanting to come and buy into his coaching – schemes or or what would you suggest why you said there's only one commit coming in next year and the last you know what three years michigan's kind of been you know top 20 as far as recruiting goes um but i do agree with you as far as they're falling into that one and done category where they're 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 going after the big names um the five-star kids and who are there just because they have to be. Um, maybe not necessarily going after the kids like Beeline did that fit his system, that were, were guys that you could depend on and, and build from. But um, I think Juwan's number one class in the country had Musa, Caleb, uh, Isaiah Barnes, who's now transferred, who hasn't done anything, uh, Frankie Collins, who's transferred to Arizona State. You know what I mean? So you lose all these guys. You know, you're counting on those guys to build your team, and they, they lost Musa and Caleb and Frankie all after the first year, and now Isaiah Barnes has done nothing. So It's it's a reset, I hate, reset every I hate year. The transfer portal. Yeah, so do I. So, so do I. All right. So, 
new top, or I shouldn't say new topic, but new segment of the show. Picks. Ain't my money. Ain't my money. Not my problem. That's right. <laughs> Our new pick is ain't my money, ain't my problem. <laughs> so, Tom, go ahead and start us up. All right. So, my first pick in the ain't my money, not my problem, which, by the way, we will have some some new graphics and audio for the transition to this segment in the near future. So look forward to that. Um, I'm going to go today, uh, San Diego state. They are a two and a half point underdog. So I'm going to take the Aztecs plus two and a half and I'm going to take the money line. So I think they're going to move on to the final four. So give me the San Diego state Aztecs money line plus two and a half. Ain't my money, not my problem. <laughs> good one, good one. All right, JP, what you got? Uh, well, you took mine, so I'm going to piggyback off that. I got uh, San Diego State money line. It was plus 112 yesterday. I haven't seen the line what it is today. Plus, but, uh, plus 125. I think you look at San Diego State experience team, bigger team, top 25 in the country in defense and rebounds. I think they have a little bit deeper team than Creighton. Uh, Creighton, like we said, is a 12-loss team. I think San Diego State's riding high coming off that win against Alabama, who probably was the most talented team left in the tournament NBA player-wise. So, yeah, I like the Aztecs, and I'm kind of surprised that they're an underdog in this game. Yeah, me too. Drew, what you got? Honestly enough, I've never – I want to, but I've been told I shouldn't. I've never ventured into the world of sports betting. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, you're picking. <laughs> no, I mean, I've been told. Hey, Ohio State's my... out, so. Yeah. Knows. No, no but I'll give. Ohio State wrestling. Hey, Ohio State hockey plays today at 4 o'clock. Well, there you go. Um, But I don't do sports betting because I've been told if I get into it, I'll get hooked up. You're going to have to start now. And, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll do some smaller bets now, now but um, final four picks, or I was doing the game, games today, I got, I like Creighton. I like Creighton to win. And I like, I like Texas. But my national championship game, I think it's going to be FAU versus UConn. All right, well, how about a pick today? Is that a futures pick? That's a futures pick. It's a futures pick. Okay. I don't have any bets, but I wanted to throw something out there. Oh, we'll have to check the odds on that one. That's a futures pick. So going with the – I'm going to go with the underdogs as well. Um, I'm going to take Miami over Texas. I'm going to take the money line. Money line's plus 152. Okay. Yeah. And they're – uh, they're uh, plus three and a half. So I think Miami's going to do it um, just because I don't like Texas. Could be a lot of like offense. Anything, I don't like anything about Texas. Yeah. Okay. So just yeah, that's good state, enough. The state of Texas, I mean, didn't research it too much, but I have it up <laughs> on the screen of, of who I who I got. Uh, pick. I stayed away from the Creighton uh, San Diego State because I figured me going last, you guys were probably going to piggyback and beat the hell out of that one. And for a futures pick, um, I think UConn is going to win. 
who they play. No idea. That's me and his money. Yeah. Well, you guys got any? Uh, you guys got any uh, last words, last remarks before we uh, wrap it up for the day? Yeah, I think it was uh, it was nice to be back doing it again. You know, I think this is something that we all enjoy. Uh, we're not experts, but we're knowledgeable. And uh, maybe next show, I'll have a beer next to me and get back into rare form a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to work on something to do a a, a a live one where we're all together. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 definitely like JP said. It's a it's fun to get together. It's fun to talk about you know expectations and 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 the fact of the matter is we 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 have a lot to say. You know, JP, you're knowledgeable, and and, and Drew, you bring He's got a, a lot to say. Yeah, and 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 Drew, you 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 have. A passion for the Lions, for the Tigers, unfortunately for the Buckeyes. So, you bring that aspect to the show that that I think is is it's really going to push us forward. So, um, Rich and I are working on um, some new graphics. Like I said, we got some new voiceovers coming over. We're going to give the show a really nice production value, and um, I just look forward to growing as Good a group, job. growing as a group. Uh, becoming better each and every week and um, just seeing where we can take this. And it's going to be fun. We're going to bring on guests, like Rich said, uh, possibly Dave Burkett. We got the Reckless Speculation guys going to be coming on with for guest segments. So um, our reach is going to be beyond the state of Michigan, which is really going to be good. So um, looking forward to the potentials and, and what, what the Easy Speak can be. Drew, are you going to do the casting couch all season? I'll be in my um, Ohio State room oh, God. 95% of the time. So you know who else went you know who went to Ohio State, right? Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, you know, you can't win them all. No. <laughs> he, all said, right, he, boys, said, he said just went to Ohio. Probably would have had yeah. more fun. Cool. All right, Tommy, take us out. All right, All we'll, right. Uh, we'll see you guys next week over and out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330. You can find us on Facebook YouTube. You can also catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right back here next week for another fun-filled episode of Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330. Cheers. <laughs>